This episode is one of my favorite episodes of the entire season. So thankful that Sarah Carrington was able to stop by. She's a grad school student. She had a couple weeks off. She was in Rhode Island. You're probably thinking, why do I have this episode in the fourth slot? I'm just testing you guys. I'm making sure that you guys are listening to all these episodes, all right? Some of the really, really, really good ones I got to put in the middle or towards the end or or whatever. I got to mix it up a little bit. I got to keep you guys on your toes. So hype for you guys to hear this one. This was a absolute joy. So the first half of this interview is a little on the heavier side. And then about halfway through, we get to some funny stories and some laughs. And no, you guys are going to love this. Without further ado, Sarah Carrington. Very excited for today's episode. We have a very good friend of mine, Sarah Carrington, joining us today. Thanks for coming on, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Sarah is a grad school student. I've known Sarah for a couple years now, and I wanted to bring her on today for something a little different. This show is a lot of laughs and fun and good times, but I wanted to dive into an issue that's really important with me and mental health, and she has helped me through a lot of dark times in my life. She's someone that has had her own battle with mental health, too, so appreciate you for coming on. Of course. Of course, we're going to get a little lighter towards the end of the yeah. show. We're going to talk about some other funny things. Well, I laugh about a lot of the mental health stuff, so it's not just dreary. So <laughs> a little bit about this episode. The first question that I wanted to ask you was, when can you remember having your first battle with mental health and what was that like for you? So I didn't know that I had a diagnosable mental health issue until I was 16, but I remember having what I now know as anxiety basically as long as I can remember anything. I just have this one vivid memory of being in elementary school and my mom and I were just like miscommunicating. I was super stressed and anxious about one thing and she thought I was throwing a fit and being a brat. I started crying and I was like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what's right. And she thought I was being a brat and she started mocking me and I was like, what? <laughs> then I finally got diagnosed with anxiety and depression and everything and I was like oh that that was anxiety that was me having an anxiety attack at that time my mom didn't know I was having anxiety I was a little bit of a brat I'm a younger sibling but that was the first thing that I knew eighth grade through high school lots of anxiety depression diagnosed 16 after my first real panic attack it's just been a long road <laughs> yeah and I like the fact that you mentioned you had a lot of experience with those things before you got diagnosed yeah. and before things kind of seemed real at that point once you met with the doctor and right. they diagnosed you and I can kind of relate to that a little bit because I've always been somewhat of an introvert mm -hmm. and going outside in public places has always given me anxiety mm -hmm. that's just something that I've had my entire life I've never really given it a second thought and there's some level of anxiety that we all have and it's not something that you need to pathologize but there's also a lack of sympathy or empathy for a lot of people that do have ingrained anxiety we're not understanding that they're not just being a brat or they're not just being introverted that they're experiencing something you yeah. know, especially being a teenager and having all these issues, it's seen as you're just bratty teenager type yeah. thing. My little cousins now are coming into their teenage years and I told them, my whole family, there's always anxiety, there's depression, plenty to go around. So I was telling them like, it's okay if you're feeling like this. It happens. It's normal. Yeah. Tell your mom. Go to the doctor. You can say it in a way that it's not seen as being a brat if you have the right vocabulary. But I feel like so many of us don't have that vocabulary growing up of what is anxiety versus what is being a kid. Old school rule of thumb is just thinking that you're weird. 
weak. You're just right. a pussy. Like, You're mentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The funny thing about me is that I'm the dangerous type in the way you couldn't tell when you look at me. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of my life a couple years ago, I had to work. So I was constantly meeting people in person. Obviously, when you meet new people and trying to do business with them. You put on that yeah, facade. Exactly. I guess I just got really used to that. And the biggest thing with me was that I was so scared to see someone or talk to my family or friends about it. Except for you. And the reason why is because I didn't want people to be like, a girl did that to you? You know what yeah, I mean? No, like, it feels, especially when it's about a breakup, it feels not as valid because people devalue depression or anxiety or whatever it comes to when it comes after a breakup because they're like, oh, well, that's just normal. Maybe some sadness is normal at the end of any breakup. You particularly, your whole life changed. Yeah, like you moved here, you know, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, had, yeah. you moved here. Like you didn't have a base of support here. Of course, you're having a tougher time and it's not just, oh, that's because a girl broke up with you. There's so much more underlying than that. A lot of people, if they haven't experienced it, they don't understand. That goes back to my point about talking to different people about it because you were someone who knew exactly what I was feeling and, and exactly what I was going yeah. through. And that made me feel a lot better. But you can't just say, I'm going through this. This is happening to me. This is how I feel and expect the average person to be like, oh, I know what you mean. I know what you're feeling. No, you really don't. <laughs> right. It also depends on what experiences you've had in your past. And even if you haven't experienced it, if you've known someone close to you that's experienced it, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my issues with him, that's sad and it's a sad breakup moment. The reasons that I was so sad about that breakup were underlying mental health issues that I hadn't dealt with in myself. I used him as a band-aid. Sometimes we use relationships or we use other things as a band-aid and then when it ends, everyone's like, why are you so overwhelmed about this? Well, it was kind of covering up a lot of other things. So what happened after that point? How did you deal with that? How did you overcome what you were going through? So I ended it with him basically just because it wasn't going anywhere and I knew that and I just was sick of begging for the attention I deserved and not getting it. I then found out that he hadn't told his friends about me at all ever since we had been dating and we'd been dating on and off for five years. That hurt more than the actual breakup. The anger helped. Anger helps move on from someone, I think. If it's not anger, then you're just more sad. So the anger is helpful in the immediate period of time and then it's like, all right, well now I have to deal with these feelings. Time a lot of time, a lot of thinking about myself and what led me to the decisions of staying as long as I did. Just a lot of self-examining that's even been happening in this past year. So we've been broken up for almost two years. This past year, when I've been at school, when I've been at my absolute limit with school, it all comes down to the same basic issues in my own brain. I'm like, okay, so I was using him to kind of cover that up. He was my safe space. And even though he was trash, I was using that as my form of therapy when I really should have just gotten a therapist. My other big thing with it is I think it's timing I think it is the right medication if you need medication I think it is the right resources the brain goes through all those changes when you're a teenager but it doesn't really stop until your early 20s your brain doesn't fully develop until 21 22 23 I think that it just all kind of coincided as I started to mature. My brain started to be in less of a chaotic hurricane of teenage years. I got on a different medication that worked better for me. I cut them out and I was just like, okay, this feels better. And then I went to grad school. I had a little bit of a mental breakdown, (laughs) went back to therapy, and now I'm figuring everything out. It's all kind of coming together, but I don't know what I could have done to have have it happened earlier. You talked to me before the show started about a couple new tips and tricks that you've been doing. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you're doing? So I have been, it sounds so gross. I've been journaling and not in the dear diary sense because that always made me gag when everyone's like, just journal. I'm like, 
leave me alone but <laughs> it's almost in the sense of like okay I have a thought and the thought is spinning around in my brain and I'm catastrophizing it it's go it's making me crazy it's driving me insane I can't get the thought out talking to someone sometimes just winds me up more it makes me more angry it just elevates everything so what I've been doing is I've been writing down everything that I would want to say to that person or everything that I'm feeling about that feeling that's making me circle and go crazy. And then when I'm done writing it out, okay, now I can get back to what I was doing. It's not as distracting me anymore. I can kind of push it aside. That's been a big one. Another one is observing yourself in a non-judgmental way. Oh, that's hard. That's so hard. It comes with oh like meditation. I'm not good at meditating. I'm really not, but I've been trying. It comes from accepting yourself and not judging the things that you've done in the past because it was what you needed to do to get where you are. And it's really hard to look at something in a non-judgmental way, especially if it's about yourself. That was the hardest thing for me when I was going through a really tough time and it lasted six to eight months. The entire time, I had the worst self-image to the point where I was afraid to go outside and interact with people. If I saw someone on the street, immediately I would think, what are they thinking of me? And yep. this person probably thinks I'm ugly or weird or something like that. What are these people thinking of me? Definitely is a huge thing that I'm trying to undo in my head. All of my anxiety goes back to, but what did that person think about when I said that? What did they think about how I was acting? I need to just let that go. I feel the same way. It's always in public places. Mm. Like you can't even stop it. It's the first thought that you think of when you see someone. Is it's it just with like strangers for you or is it anyone? I think it's just strangers. Yeah. Mine would be like literally even my best friend. I'm like, oh my God, I said that thing that was weird and they didn't agree with me. And then I just think about how they probably disagree with me and that they're judging me for it. I had a moment in January and I had a bad experience while on that gummy. And I had about a three hour internal, not panic attack, but moment where I had to just unravel things in my head. And I just realized I didn't know I was being mean to myself. I didn't know that I was putting myself down and making myself feel like that. No one else was making me feel like that. No one was saying anything that should make me feel like I need to be embarrassed. I was doing it to myself and I had this whole realization and I was like, whoa. You know what? I had a really interesting story that's so similar to that. It wasn't with gummies. It was with a brownie. Gotcha. And this was over Christmas break. I want to say when I was still going through a lot of shit and one thing that I really regret and just basically this entire time I feel like I was changing and the world was mm -hmm. spinning so quickly around me I look back at some of the actions that I did she wouldn't respond to anything and I kept doing it and doing it and doing it and then I had a brownie over Christmas break and I just beat the shit out of myself I was like you're so pathetic why do you keep doing this she wasn't gonna respond six months negative. ago she's that's not gonna the negative self-talk we're not trying to have I think the reason that I wasn't just beating myself up about it is because I had started going to therapy again my therapist will break things down for me in a way that is super helpful and it's like okay so you feel weird when this thing happened why are you feeling weird well because I'm thinking that they're judging me I don't want them to be upset with me da, 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 and she's like let's sit with that feeling what's the underlying thing with that just breaking it down so when I was in that state of mind I just did that which you're not supposed to do with yourself it's not <laughs> healthy to yeah. process your own stuff when you're in a mentally altered state it's yeah. not advice I was able to do it and I was noticing when I was judging myself for the first time because I never thought I was being mean to myself. Everyone always told me that I'm hard on myself. I'm like, what do you mean? No. And now I'm like, oh, that's me telling myself that I suck all day long. Every single conversation I have, I feel bad about it and I feel embarrassed about it afterwards. And that's me doing it. It's not anyone else doing it. It's me. There are certain people I don't want to argue with. So if I say something and they immediately disagree, I'll be like, oh no, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why did you just do that? 
<laughs> like you can disagree with someone. It's fine. Yeah, being confrontational. That's something that I. Which I can be. It depends. I can be fairly confrontational. It depends on who the person is. I feel like you're the type of person where you let it fester for a little bit. You're never someone to jump down someone's throat right off no, the bat. It definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'm sticking up for someone else. I will be very confrontational if I'm standing up for someone else. I'm glad that you mentioned the gummy though, because I've talked to you before about how I can't smoke anymore. Mm. I feel like I'm just so in the minority with that. Everyone loves smoking now. It's 2020. Everyone has their medical their card. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also had an experience with smoking that made me not smoke for quite a while. A couple of years ago, I was not on any antidepressants. I was not having a great time in general. I couldn't fall asleep, which had been a reoccurring thing for me for the last couple of nights. So I like took some Z-Quil, couldn't fall asleep. Benadryl, couldn't fall asleep. A whole bong pack. And then I tripped balls. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the worst trip of my life. And it was basically a panic attack, but dreaming. It was awful. So then I didn't smoke for almost a year. I would still be so socially anxious. Oh my God, they think I'm weird. They think I'm weird. They think I'm weird. And now that I'm unpacking that in general, when I'm smoking, I'm able to be like, okay, well, we're not worrying about, it. we're not going to put myself in a situation where I feel like that's happening, but also why am I worrying about it? When I smoked for the first time or for the first couple of times, it was really fun and I would just laugh at everything and just have a good time. And then over the years, it got a little bit to the point where you start to get in your own head a little mm -hmm. bit and then it got to the point where I was just in my head every time and I yeah, just said no, no it absolutely can cause anxiety and I think it causes anxiety especially when there is something that you're trying to suppress or there is some feeling that you're not dealing with personally for me when I am now able to look at myself with less judgment or I'm able to check myself when I am being very judgmental in myself I'm more able to tolerate it without being super anxious but that also takes so much practice and that's the whole thing with meditation and everything that I've been doing for myself it's a muscle and you have to keep doing it to be able to do it for it to be able to be helpful when you need it you need to do it even when you don't need it which has been my biggest problem this whole summer I'm like I feel great I don't need to meditate I don't need to write affirmations I don't need to journal I'm feeling good and then I have a meltdown over school because it's stressful and I'm like why isn't meditating working I can't turn my brain off why can't I turn my brain off oh because you haven't been practicing yeah. you have not been exercising that muscle you haven't been keeping it in shape whatever meditation is for you or whatever works is something that we all need to figure out because then you can use that when you need it the most another thing that I thought was so cheesy and cliche was affirmations and self-affirmations I think a lot of us at least me personally I don't realize when I'm talking negative to myself so I don't know how to talk positively to myself because I think it just sounds dumb the more that you start doing it the less dumb it sounds you knew me before I figured my shit out a little bit you know I was still kind of brooding when you met me right I remember how I met you you came to our yeah, school yeah and I think you were just visiting for the weekend yeah or maybe I was just, just there that for night. Like a night yeah and you were cool in high school at least what I thought of myself was bitchy people called me a bitch so I was like okay then I'm a bitch you know like that's fine so I told myself I was a bitch for so long that after a while, I just was like, well, yeah, I'm just not nice. That hurts you a lot. For me, my biggest thing, I would literally start tearing up and I would just like repeat in my head while I was meditating. I can't meditate and just think nothing. I need to think either affirmations or something that's positive to focus on because I can't have nothing. I would just say I am kind and I deserve kindness. And I would say that to myself over and over and over again while I was meditating just because I had this persona or I had this image of myself for so long that I was being such a bitch. And I'm not just saying like one person comes up to you. It gets to a certain point where you have enough people that come up to you and say the same thing where you actually yeah. start believing it. Yeah. And that's when you can get into some serious trouble. And that's something that can stick with you for a really, really, really long time. Yeah, well, that's my whole issue with myself is that I just believed that I was a bitch. 
You're one of the nicest people I'm, that I've I'm ever met, nice. though. Yeah, like, I'm absolutely. I'm going into a healthcare field. Like, I, I'm going in to care about people. That's literally what I want to yeah. do is help people recover in whatever way they need. It does seem like you're really on a right path now, and it seems like you're in a really good spot. Yeah, I had a good week of just relaxing and being by the water, and I think the water recharges me so much. The yeah. ocean just recharges me, and I feel so good. But my stepmom today was like, you look relaxed. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I love how you're like all these people are just surprised. That's what I mean. Like when I'm saying everyone thought I was just a bratty bitch. Yeah, I probably was, but I was miserable. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't that I was a mean person. I was just anxious and depressed. And now I'm not. And they're like, wow, this yeah. looks good on you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about Greg's. I want to talk to you about <laughs> Greg's and switch it up and try to get a little lighter. So Sarah used to work at Greg's. She was a waitress. I love Greg's. I think Greg's is one of the best restaurants around. Really? And everyone thinks it fucking sucks. And it makes me so sad. Why does everyone hate Greg's? It's Rhode Island's restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it's just that it's not anything special. Like, our cakes and stuff are great, but it's just... I. <laughs> probably shouldn't even say that like that's not nice to say it's just not anything special it's just almost diner food except it's bigger than a diner it's bigger than a diner you kind of feel like you're at a retirement center <laughs> yeah. yes you always feel like you're at a retirement center you must have but got... that's my demographic okay yeah. that is who i do the best with. yeah and that's mine too all the work i do is with boomers <laughs> yeah no old men love me i was gonna that's say obnoxious but i like... was gonna say you probably have gotten so many creepy old man oh, compliments yeah. at greg's yes i did i oh got so God. many i got one yesterday in the walmart parking lot as well a guy was pulling out of his parking space had his window rolled down i'm walking in he just goes nice body and i look and it's just a 70 year old man and he's just like nice body and i'm like i don't feel threatened but like <laughs> i don't like that either i think and not thank you not thank you but okay so how do you take that because on one hand you're like well he's not talking about my chest or my ass or something like that it's a compliment he's, like, he's, he's just, just appreciating <laughs> my body and i'm like Okay. All right. No. I'm not happy with you, but you know what? I would have preferred that you didn't. Yeah. But I also don't feel scared. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, no. Greg's is interesting. It's fun. It's fine. Serving is weird. It's like, hard. Tell, At us, least tell for us about me. that. Tell us about so, that. So, when I got hired, it took me a good six months to not be a nervous, anxious mess the entire shift. I would cry at the end of shifts because if I forgot something, I thought it was the end of the world. Like I thought I was the worst server. I thought everyone was mad at me. I'd be so stressed out the entire shift. My anxiety levels the entire shift were so high and I would cry. I got one review, like my manager or my assistant manager brought me up and she's like, you should be doing better than you're doing at this point. You should be farther along. And I was like, that's <gasps> fucking, that's so passive aggressive, fuck. Well, it was almost like she was giving me a warning. It was kind of yeah. like a warning notice of you better get it together. I've never not been good at a job before. Yeah. And so I was right. like, okay. Some people enjoy serving. Some people genuinely yeah. enjoy serving. A lot of people don't enjoy serving, but you make a good amount of money and it's whatever you need to do at the time. So I was just stressed out the whole time. I would always want to leave. And and then I started doing food running and expo stuff, try stuff up in the kitchen and garnish it and run around and tell people what to do. Started doing that and I loved it. I got fired for being shit at expo. <laughs> I love expo. I oh my so God. Shit at it. Oh, you want me to organize everything and all of these slips and read the slips and make sure everything has the right thing? And oh, I need servers. Come run your own food. I just get to yell at people and sit in the kitchen and purse in the kitchen with all the cooks. And when a customer's like, oh, can I have this? I'm like, I'll let your server know. You know? <laughs> like, that's not my job. <laughs> well, that's not true. I would do the first. If they ask for one thing, I would go and do it. If they yeah. ask for something when I came back, I'm like, I'll let your server know. We're not the same face. You know yeah. that. 
mm-hmm. ask your server. What made you stressed when you were working? Were you thinking about the tips? Were you thinking about trying to be perfect as far as your service went? There was never enough time and I was always running behind. One of my biggest mm-hmm. stressors is being late. I am so scary with being on time. Every appointment that I've ever been to for I my business, be I can't remember the last time I was late to a business appointment. It's anxiety. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> I've worked with people who are comfortable with meeting clients a half hour late, an hour late. They're just like, yeah, just give them a call. It'll be all right. Whatever. We're coming to see them. Like, they should be waiting. I don't get no. that mindset. I yeah. get to the point where I'm too early. I need to sit in my car because it's rude to be this early. Were your parents late people? Did they run late? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I remember, I like, it. when my parents were divorced, my dad was the worst on his custody nights i think he would show up anywhere between 10 minutes late and 45 minutes late anywhere in that window (laughs) i would have to expect him i played softball and i would get dropped off at practice my mom would always be the last one to pick me up like come on you know and i would call her on the home phone and i'd be like where are you she'd be like i'm on my way i called the home phone you're still at home she's like i'm leaving right now i'm like well you should have been here 10 minutes ago or probably more than that if i'm calling you oh my god and i was always so frustrated and i was always so nervous about being late so now i'm just early for everything can we talk about your mom a little bit (laughs) so i was talking to sarah this is like the first thing i said when she stopped by (laughs) so she came over today and i like immediately started talking to her about how cool her mom was so it's funny that you were saying that people said that your sister was hot because i just have guys always telling me that my mom is hot really yeah i've had multiple guy friends almost every guy that i talk to in a dating way has been like oh yeah your mom's hot or (laughs) worse worse than that Yes. That's not something that you want to hear. So it's not a compliment. Yeah. She's so flirty just by nature. The pizza delivery boy, she'd just be so friendly and so outgoing. The waiters at restaurants, she's just, I don't want to say a flirt because that sounds bad, but she's just an outgoing person. Yeah, she's always upbeat. Like, yeah. She's in a good yeah. mood. Like She's excited. She's a people person. She is a people yeah. person. I like Sarah's mom a lot because <laughs> she thought I was really cool. And she lives in Montana, yeah. which I also think is really cool. She's a teacher and a lot of my family members are teachers mm-hmm. as well. When Sarah was over, before we started recording, I talked to her a little bit about how her mom was definitely the mom in the neighborhood that would have everyone over and throw the cool parties. We had our prom sleepover at my house because no other parents would allow co-ed. She had to lie to a couple parents saying that it wasn't co-ed. Oh, for real? Yeah, one girl, her parents were very strict. They're from the South and I think probably lied to her parents a couple times for her. She played volleyball with me, it's fine. But she was staying over and my mom's like, yep, nope, it's just the girls, no worries. And I'm like... You ever got caught? You'd be in so much trouble. The after prom was so strict. I remember my high school, they wouldn't let you go home. They forced you to go to this rec center. I mean, I didn't enjoy either of my proms. Wait, no, tell (laughs) us what happened. Tell us what happened. Junior year, it was just a kid in our friend group that everyone's like, oh, he's going to ask you to prom. So I was like, okay, yay. And he just was so obviously not into me. And I was like, okay, like you didn't have to ask me. And it was just kind of awkward the whole night. Second year, I asked my best guy friend to go with me. I had known he kind of liked me. Prom was in June. So like in April, there was like a moment in the hot tub. And I was like, maybe this could be a thing. We didn't even kiss. We literally were just hanging out in the hot tub. And I was like, maybe I could have feelings for him. So I told him, I was like, this might be a thing, but I'm just warming up to it. He went full fledged and was like, oh my God, like I can't wait to see you. I want to cuddle with you. I can't wait to watch a movie with you. Mm, Okay, no, I'm sorry. We go to prom. I am upset. I like don't obviously want to dance with him because I'm like, I know he has these feelings for me. I'm not trying to grind on him all night. I'm upset because the person I wanted to be at prom with wasn't there, blah, blah, blah. So then afterwards, I'm getting ice cream with one of the other girls in our group. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, I feel bad. I need to tell you, Will and I have been hooking up this whole time. And she was also in our prom group. So everyone in the prom group knew that this girl and Will were hooking up except for me. Everyone except for you. Everyone except for me. And I was like, well, that's not very nice. And so I called him and I was like, what 
what's up with this and he starts crying and he's like I'm so sorry please forgive me please forgive me I just love you like please I'm so sorry he literally told this girl personal things about me he literally said yeah Sarah is sad sometimes and it's kind of a bummer and I'm like I have depression like fucker. <laughs> I had an interesting one. So I was a new kid. I felt really bad. You know how like some girls don't get asked to prom? Yeah. So I asked one of the ugliest girls in school to prom. And like, I think like, I don't know if I'm a hero for doing that. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I'm an asshole for doing that. Like, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about it to the day. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, like, like, were you making fun of her? Or did no, you just feel like, genuinely no, like, bad for her? Because that's also no, kind of like, 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 yeah, no, no, you're right. It was the second one. It was that I felt bad. And I don't know if that's a hero move or if that's a really shitty move <laughs> if you actually liked her and felt bad that's one thing but it's like you don't act and you're like yeah she's just the ugliest girl and i felt bad no, i mean <laughs> i don't i don't think it's like no you're it's right, not you're like right. it's not like a dick move you know like you're not the yeah. worst person in the world i mean i wasn't going like i knew it wasn't like a date or something like yeah. that and i just feel bad for the people that never actually end up going but i wish i had to go the worst <laughs> i know the worst feeling that a girl can have in high school is not getting asked mm -hmm. so i don't know if i was trying to be a nice guy i, I wasn't i don't think i would be like that i bad think of your it. heart was in the right yeah, place yeah <laughs> you were a teenager yeah you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever yeah we're, nothing. Not, we're not judging it i don't know if i was leading her on or something like that i, I think that's why i asked my best guy friend to prom because i was afraid that no one was gonna ask me Really? So you jumped the gun. He went to an all boys school. And so like, Yeah. So, and he was a year school. older than me. So like he wasn't going to prom. It wasn't like I, he was going to ask me to his prom. It was just like, I was afraid that no one was going to ask me. So I asked him cause he was my best guy friend. <laughs> <laughs> people would ask people to prom early, like February, March. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they would ask him early. And whenever that season would roll around, the girls started to get a little antsy. And then, so antsy. and then, yeah, the ones that didn't get asked, they would like go with like a group. With friends. Yeah, they would yeah. go in like a group, but yeah. still not a great feeling. No. no. <laughs> oh my God. High school days. Fuck. NK uh, <laughs> was a really interesting high school. Like you just had that big ass staircase right when you walked in. The spine. The, you call it the spine? Yeah. That's such a dangerous name. I the mean, it, it was like, I don't know. It was the spine of the school. Why did kids at NK have lunch on the ground? Because they did that in my high school, and I never understood why that was such a thing. Yes, yeah, senior. You didn't have yeah, to be with the weren't... underclassmen. You are on your own. You're cooler than them. We are cool because we sit on a bench and on the floor with no tables. We are elite. We don't need lunch tables. <laughs> We get the floor. <laughs> that was. I remember hearing senior row for the first time. <laughs> I just thought like, like it's okay, just a no, hallway. It's just a hallway. It's just a hallway. <laughs> Don't like, even fucking think about get, sitting down unless you. We have two weeks a year where we can eat in the courtyard because it's nice enough. Other than right. that, they don't let us in there because it's too cold or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. If you're a senior, you better be fucking eating. And like, row, if you, you were a junior and a senior had asked you to eat at senior row, if that senior went to the bathroom, like you would get shit. Like, what are you doing here? You're not a senior. Are you kidding me? What? So, so like, like you had were, to. People would call you out. Like, if you were like one of the cooler people, like you know, you might get a pass or whatever. If you were a junior sitting at senior row with your friends, even if a teacher saw you, a teacher would be like, "You're not supposed to be here." Oh, that's so culty. Like. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like very elitist what would right? they want to do like see your student id or something like that no. i don't like i mean i need to see what grade you're in like, i mean most of the teachers would know like oh yeah or if they didn't know then you got away with it like they wouldn't call you out but if they like were like you're in my class you're a junior get out of here <laughs> yeah god that is crazy because they did the same thing at my high school they didn't have those like eyes on you if you were to see there but they did the same shit like we would eat lunch on the ground yeah and i thought that that was like the dumbest place because it's so dirty like people walk like a high school is like thousands of kids yeah exactly yeah (laughs) it's fucking nasty it's disgusting yeah (laughs) did we talk about my mom enough for you (laughs) yeah Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. Tell us about Montana and like what it's yeah. like seeing her. Cause I know that they're wicked racist, right? <laughs> you can say that. Fuck. Yeah. I don't think anyone yeah. from Montana well, is listening like, to my they're show. They're racist. It's like a lot of like Native American racism, which is pretty fucked up. My mom, being someone from the East Coast, when she went over there, she was just kind of shocked by how open people were about that. My stepdad's a great guy, whatever. But like one time, a Native American like tried to get into his car when he was at the gas station. Like he went in to pay or something, and like a Native American like tried to get into his car and the reason that my stepdad obviously had such an issue with it other than just the fact that it was his car was that my stepbrother who had special needs was in the car so like he got really upset about it he was telling my mom this story and she was like okay that's not okay but like let's change the words that we're using type thing you know oh like, yeah yeah like yeah, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. whatever like and she's a teacher so she loves an underdog my mom loves like the kid that has a little bit too much struggles and i was like all right well obviously you want to protect isaac it's not okay for someone to get in your car like that's never okay but like let's reframe why this is a problem a lot of stuff like that it's very religious there's a lot of mormons in montana have so you wait, seen the show the book of mormon no i haven't seen that show oh my god it's a musical right yeah it's a yeah, musical yeah. and it's horribly offensive but it's hilarious the creators of south park yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're the creators yeah. of that yeah i've heard it's really good it's hilarious. i'm like it's i'm really <laughs> offensive. it's really offensive <laughs> it's so funny though <laughs> One thing I wanted to touch on was Native American encounters are really weird because you can find those in Rhode Island, too. If you go down to, like, the Narragansett area. Well, yeah, there's people, like, sometimes people live on the reservation, sometimes they don't. So they might not go to the reservation school if they don't live on the reservation. Right. Rhode Island has so much Native American history that we just kind of pretend isn't there. Yeah, it's Narragansett, like, we have a whole beer and like all of our beaches and it's like that was a tribe though you know uh, yeah uh, it's sad it's you're sad. right you're right you're right you're right all right so wrapping this up we're on with sarah carrington today sarah thanks again for coming on and, yes. and coming over so i consider myself a big harry potter fan but mm. i think that you're an even bigger one i want you to give me your favorite book slash movie and explain why the sorcerer's stone is your favorite movie and book so i disagree <laughs> um I actually just listened to the first three books, Book on Tapes on Spotify. Um, yeah, I've been doing that too. Yeah. I've been doing yeah. that too, yeah. <laughs> I actually have been re-watching and re-listening to all of the books. And I think the most underrated one... Don't say the fifth one. No. Okay. Is the third. I think Prisoner the of third, Azkaban. The third, yeah. Especially the movie. It is the most early 2000s indie alt production (laughs) i was watching it the other day and i was like oh my gosh like half of this is not in the book they're just going wild with like this early 2000s angsty vibe yeah there was so much just like early 2000s angst which like they're 13 so of course there's a lot of angst in the it's trippy that movie is so trippy because it starts out harry's step aunt his aunt just yeah she like pisses him off so he blows her off this is also why i think it's the most underrated one there's no voldemort experience like there is nothing that he's part of so i think i was always like whatever 
or that's, oh, that's a throwaway yeah. because there's no Voldemort shown in it. But there's time travel. Yeah, there's like, time travel. That's, that's significant. See, like, so, like, one thing, one thing, like, okay, so, like, when I first saw, and obviously, like, we were young when these yeah. movies and books were coming out. I thought Sirius Black was an asshole. And then, as I got older and I started to actually pay attention to the shit that's going on, Sirius Black is, like, my favorite Harry Potter character. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's awesome. He sacrifices so much. He's so misunderstood. Yeah. He's just, yeah, Sirius Black is, like, yeah. probably, like, a top three character of mine. Yeah. And... I also like Lupin a lot. He's mm. cool. He's actually misunderstood as well a little yeah. bit. Yeah, he's a little moody and set in his ways. I think he's very stubborn. He's a character. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I definitely, I got frustrated with Lupin, especially like towards the end. He just always wants to tell Harry what to do. And it's like, yeah, I know he's a teenager, but like, it's about Harry, okay? Yeah. It's Harry Potter. It's Leave not, him alone. It's not <laughs> Remus Lupin, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the first one just because I I'll say this it might not be the best as far as quality but it's where all the memes are like the first one yeah <laughs> well all... I really like the for the longest time the second one was my favorite like early Harry Potter one oh, yeah, I yeah. loved the Chamber of Secrets I loved all of that stuff I thought that was really cool I liked the fifth one I don't know what you're going on about about that I liked the fifth I, one if I had to choose one that I didn't like four. a lot of people would say four yeah yeah so you're right a lot of people would say four I would say my least favorite one is probably five alright although five the did thing, have oh, the thing go with ahead. the movies though is that the first seven like the seventh movie which mm-hmm. is the beginning of the seventh book it's plot building and i it understand is. Yeah, i understand right. that we did that with game of thrones you know you would watch three episodes just, just like all right they're building up to something and then there's something happened and that's what the first final movie is the second one is so much better the second yeah part two is yeah, part incredible two is so yeah oh yeah because that's where all the action yeah. is and and yeah, yeah just the whole harry being the final horcrux and spoiler it if you guys haven't <laughs> you guys spoiler. haven't if you guys haven't watched harry potter that's on you you're, you're literally like 15 years too late like sorry <laughs> the book came out 15 yeah. years ago <laughs> but like that writing and like the fact that harry was the final horcrux that's kind of crazy isn't it like, like he has to die to kill here is my thing with that he got bitten by the basilisk. Basilisk venom kills Horcruxes. That's why he could kill the journal. He got bitten by the basilisk. So why Shit. didn't the Horcrux in him die from that? Was it because Fox, the Falc, or the, the, Phoenix the Phoenix came too quickly? Yeah, he came too quickly and he healed the Horcrux as well as Harry. Yeah. Uh, nah. I mean, you're you're right. JK, JK definitely fucked that up. No, she fucked that up. She fucked that up. She's been off the rails. What is she saying? All right. I mean, we're kind (laughs) of, we're kind of getting off on a tangent here, but she's been going off the rails. Yeah. She has just been throwing her opinions out there. They're all so ignorant. I mean, we're always going to be Harry Potter fans for life, but it's right. It's like, I love Harry Potter, but like, you don't need to contribute anymore. Thank you. You've done enough. (laughs) (laughs) We get it. Thank you. Thank you for one of the best franchises and book series ever. Your opinions now are outdated. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Anything from you, Sarah? Any, any questions for me? Anything like that? No. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely, Sarah. So one more time, that was Sarah Carrington. Hope you guys really, really liked that interview. I had a blast. If you guys want to watch the video portion of this episode, of course, we're on YouTube. Our channel name is If Maddie Had a Podcast. Don't forget to chase your dreams. Be impressive. Go help a cat down from a tree. And I'll catch you guys next episode. Peace.